I'm Harry Glurkian, and this is Moneyball Medicine, the interview podcast where we meet researchers, entrepreneurs, and physicians who are using the power of data to improve patient health and make healthcare delivery more efficient. You can think of each episode as a new chapter in the never-ending audio version of my 2017 book, Moneyball Medicine, Thriving in the New Data-Driven Healthcare Market. If you like the show, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review at Apple Podcasts. There's a saying among startup entrepreneurs that sleep is just a symptom of caffeine deprivation. But seriously, even software coders need a solid seven or eight hours of sleep every night, or else they're at risk of a whole range of health problems like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obesity, and depression. If you have chronic insomnia or sleep apnea, like me, you know how rotten the next day feels when you haven't slept well. And the bad news is that thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, it's even harder for a lot of us to get a good night's sleep. In a survey from last year, 44% of people said they were sleeping worse since the pandemic started, and only 10% said they were sleeping better. But the good news is that innovators are thinking about how to use technology to help us sleep better. In a show last August, I talked to the CEO of Aura, which makes a ring that tracks your heart rate, breathing rate, body temperature, and movement while you sleep and reports back with a daily sleep score. And this week, we're going to hear from a company called Eight Sleep that wants to turn your whole mattress into a giant sleep monitor. The CEO of Eight Sleep is an Italian entrepreneur named Matteo Franceschetti. And he says his fascination with sleep goes back to his days as an athlete, when he was focused on how to optimize his resting time to recover from workouts as fast as possible. If Elon Musk can go to Mars, Matteo says, why should we settle for spending a third of our lives on a dumb piece of phone? Eight's mattress is literally blanketed with sensors that track your heart rate, your body temperature, and your nighttime tossing and turning, and send all that data to a smartphone app It also has a layer that acts a little like coils in your refrigerator or the radiator in your car. It uses circulating water to keep the top of the mattress at the best temperature for sleeping. Mateo says a smart mattress could not only help you sleep better, but also become a preventative health aid, analyzing patterns in your sleep to catch conditions like arrhythmia, sleep apnea, and even COVID-19. And his big Silicon Valley investors must be equally optimistic because they've put more than $70 million into the company. Here's my interview with Matteo. Matteo, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, it's great to have you on. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious and, and hoping that the, the listeners of the show really sort of enjoy this segment because uh, sleep is actually something uh, important to me. Somehow I don't seem to get enough of it or get a quality time of it. But let, let me start by your background, because I was sort of trying to keep up with all the moves that you've made. A race car driver, skier, investment banking, lawyer. I mean, it was a whole bunch of different moves that I want to make sure that I got right. But give us a quick version of your, your, your biography as an entrepreneur. Yeah, so um, when I was a teenager, I was an athlete. So I was doing tennis tournaments, ski races, and I also raced with cars. Um, I did the European uh, hill climbing uh, races uh, with Audi and some other stuff. So that was my passion at the time. Then I became uh, a business lawyer, a boring business lawyer, um, (laughs) working. Yeah, 
I was working for uh, two of the largest law firms, um, both of them based, based in UK, so between Milan and London. And then there was finally an opportunity to become an entrepreneur, entrepreneur in Italy. And I say finally, because it's really, really hard to raise money in Italy. So unless you find an opportunity that it's substantially profitable since day one, you, you couldn't become, unless you're yes. probably, you have other opportunities, which I didn't have. Um, so I was able to start a company there. It was in solar. We were developing large utility scale solar plants. Um, it, it did reasonably well. Um, it was profitable. Then we sold it, came to the US. I did the same thing again, um, which then got acquired. And then I finally started Aidsleep. So smart mattress business. Why? Like it just came to you all of a sudden, bad sleep. It was what drove you to this business? Yeah. So, and probably we'll talk about that, but our long-term vision is, so the, the mattress is really a commodity for us as a form factor. We are really a digital health company. And yep. we are improving your sleep performance, which if you think really goes back to my background as an athlete, I really focus on recovering as fast as possible. Yep. And so at a certain point, I started looking at my bed and I started wondering why I was spending uh, a third of my life on, on a piece of dumb foam. And Elon Musk is taking me to Mars. There is technology <laughs> everywhere. But then I'm still you know, waiting every night there on, on this piece of foam, hoping to recover. And I say, why there is no technology? How can we build a technology that will help me recover as fast as possible? And that is how everything started. So tell me then, you know, uh, what's wrong with the mattress technology today? I mean, you know, when you go to some of these uh, stores, there's like all sorts of, quote, fancy technologies or materials that are being put together and they're you know, you lay on the bed and they give you a thermal image, which is maybe useful. But, uh, you know, in general, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of, I can't say it on the air, but not a positive dynamic when it comes to the mattress industry. So what is it about the industry? Is it, you know, it's overcrowded. It's got names like Casper. What, what's the opportunity you see? So I think there are a couple of, of problems. And I talk about sleep. I don't, I, I, I don't even talk much about the, the mattress market itself. But um, so for 2000 years, the way we sleep didn't change, right? Yeah. If you read history of people 2000 years ago, they were going somewhere and expecting to wake up uh, seven to nine hours later. So there was no improvement. So there is no technology in sleep. That, that, that is the first point. The last uh, innovation in sleep was memory foam invented in 1960, which is just another piece of foam, just with different properties. And so we, let's say we live 100 years. We are going to spend 33 years of our life on this foam. And what we believe at sleep instead is that through software and hardware, um, we can leverage the power of technology to improve our sleep. And actually, we want to achieve two things. First, what if we could sleep? Uh, what if we could compress sleep? What if you could sleep only six hours and get more rest than when you were sleeping eight hours? First. And second is during those six hours, can we scan your body? Can your bed become a medical grade device that scans your body every single night in order to let you know if there is anything wrong? What if we could detect early signs of cancer while you are asleep and provide this data to your doctor? That's what we are building. 
Okay. I'm I'm curious to get there at some point. And if I could only sleep for six hours, I could get a lot more things done during the day. That's for sure. Um, maybe even write a whole other book. Your first product though was a top layer of sensors that sort of fit over the mattress. And then you eventually migrated to like putting the, the sensors into the mattress and then you added thermoregulation. So what was what was that evolution over time and what drove you to sort of add the next feature? Yeah, we knew since from the beginning. So we analyzed since from the beginning how we can compress your sleep. So how can we help you sleep faster? And we knew since from the beginning that the big elephant in the room is temperature. At the time we were a small startup and uh, we understood that first we had to start tracking your data and become really good at data. And then based on the data, we could develop um, a dynamic thermoregulation system that could adjust the temperature based on your sleep stages and your biometrics. So it was just connecting the dots. We already knew at the time where we wanted to go. We just now um, decided to focus our priorities first on data, then on dynamic thermoregulation, and now new products will come and they will uh, manage other environmental factors. And, and But associated with the bed, you also have an app, right? And I assume that that's the brains. It's the, the bed is sort of more of the lower level thinking, whereas the, most of the thinking happens on the app, and then there's got to be a cloud connection that's sort of pulling it all together. So was this part of the vision from the beginning? Was the app as an integral part of it? Yeah. So the, the, the bed does two things. It collects the data and obviously changes the temperature. Everything, the whole intelligence, the computing power is on the cloud where we are running uh, a lot of different servers with a lot of computational power. And the app is the tool for you to see your data and to control your device and to be coached, right? Because there is also the whole part of sleep coaching that we provide through the app. So, okay. I mean, I have an Apple Watch. I think you're we're wearing an Apple Watch, right? I mean, I've talked to the CEO of uh, Harpreet at Aura, right? Um, and there's all these different devices. What makes the sensor-filled mattress better than any one of these? Or maybe is it a combination of the two that gets you to a better data analytics score? Yeah, so a couple of differences. Um, the first one, in our case, you don't have to wear or charge anything, right? You go to bed as you did last night, and tomorrow you wake up and you have all your heart rate data, respiration data, and sleep. So nothing to wear, nothing to charge. Second, um, because of the form factor of our device, which is a bed, we have a lot of space. And so over time, we can start adding many more sensors than a wearable could not add, even Apple, just because of space. Um, but the most important difference is this. For us, data is not the end point, like most of the wearables. The wearables, all that they can do is they collect data, and based on the data, they will give you some recommendations. For us, the data, again, is not the end point, it's the starting point, because based on the data, we can change the temperature for you to help you fall asleep faster, get 20% more deep sleep, get more REM, less toss and turns, and less wake-ups. In the future, we will control more environmental factors that will adjust in real time based on your data. 
So we are going to do the work for you, not just us telling you what you should do. We are going to do it for you and you will see the benefits. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like, you know, the latest Apple Watch also has uh, blood oxygen on it, right? And so I'm not sure you could incorporate a blood uh, a pulse ox into the mattress, but that may be another data point that lets you know what's happening with the person that's sleeping. And then it's connected to the thermostat on the wall. And not only do you control the bed, but you can control the entire environment in the room. So regarding the app, what do you think are the most important functions you have sort of on that, on that, that, that interacts with somebody and sort of influences what they do? Or maybe what's happening in the background that they can't see? Yeah. So there are three, three vertical or three key dimensions in the app. First, the, the thermoregulation part, right? Where we get your feedback and we keep adjusting temperature to maximize your sleep. Second, there is the whole sleep data and health data and the connected coaching. So you will be able to see all your data and we will provide with recommendations and we will show you correlations. When you do this, this is what happens. And the third part is content. So we provide the breathing exercises, relaxation, stretching. Um, so a variety of content that you can use to unwind before going to bed or to help relax in, uh, in the evening. I was trying to think about this because I, I actually I don't have one of these beds, although I think I should probably have one of these beds. Is uh, it does it go through a testing session? Because I'm almost thinking like one night you want to sleep with it warmer, one night you want to sleep with it colder, and basically train the model on you in particular. Yeah, it's, the models are trained based on two dimensions: one, your own personal needs. Uh, your environment, right? We, we know your deep cold, and so we know if there is a storm. We know the temperature of the bedroom. So we keep adjusting based on your biometrics, the, the temperature of the bedroom, and the, the temperature in your deep cold. Um, and second, the adjustments also happen based on similar fears. So uh, because we have several thousand people sleeping on our devices, we are able to see that for people of your gender and age, there are certain type of temperatures that maximize the sleep more. And so we keep learning and then we will provide you a recommendation to make those changes. So is it me that makes the recommendation? I mean, uh, the change or is it the app itself? I'm trying to now get to like yeah. the, ma the machine learning part of it or, or how you're incorporating your analytics on the background that then change that, right? Because I'm asleep and... So hopefully there's some automation in the background that's running for me. Yeah, so I'm already testing in my bed uh, a fully automated system that dynamically adjusts temperature based on the weather and my biometrics. So the end goal is that the device will do everything for you. You just get the benefit of falling asleep faster and getting better sleep. Have you been able to compress your sleep because of it? I mean, all our customers are already to, to different degrees, right? They are already saving 12 hours a year and just falling asleep faster. Uh, they are getting more restful sleep because they get 40% less wake-ups, 30% uh, less toss and turns. And so by helping you to fall asleep faster and getting more efficient sleep, we are already compressing your sleep. So now I have, unfortunately, sleep apnea, right? Does... Does you Have you seen any effects with people that have a condition like mine? I mean, I know that you haven't run a study, as far as I know, on this, but just asking. 
Yeah, so we are actually, we have run two studies with a major hospital in, in New York where we compare our device to a polysomnograph. And we have seen uh, already multiple episodes of sleep apnea. Uh, we don't display it in the app yet. So it's just something that is happening for us in the back end in, in the training part of our model. So the first thing you will see uh, in the future is that we will be able to monitor your sleep apnea without you wearing any CPAP machine, anything. Um, obviously we don't have a CPAP machine, but if you have a light or mild sleep apnea, even just monitoring it without wearing anything is uh, some sort of help. Um, and then we didn't develop a models yet to play with temperature to see if we can help you. Uh, but another function that we have in the bed is also vibration. So our bed can vibrate and we use yep. it to wake you up. And so one of the tests that we might run is to see if through vibration, we can vibrate you to sort of waking you up when you're having very heavy episodes of sleep apnea. Interesting. Interesting. So is there a connected health angle to the A-pod? You know, does the mattress interconnect with Apple HomeKit or wearables like at the Apple Watch or the, the Nest thermostat or your sound system yeah. today? So it con yeah, it connects obviously with Apple Health and the, the, the same platform for Google. Um, and so that it, it does it in two ways. So we see, we can see your fitness data and provide you with the recommendation and correlation between fitness and sleep, but you also will see your sleep data and your Apple Health. Um, we are also connected. Uh, you can set up the pod with uh, Amazon Alexa to control it through voice um, and more integrations will come. Interesting. Have you guys, and because and I haven't looked is, have you published any data on sort of done a, a sort of a, a study to show that people sleep better on a cooler mattress or, is, or maybe has somebody else has done that to show that that's the case? Yeah, there's already plenty of medical evidence. Um, there is also the book of Matthew Walker, who is a professor at Berkeley, Why We Sleep. There is a whole section about the importance of thermoregulation in your body. Uh, and the reason is pretty simple. Your body is already changing temperature during the night and actually during the whole day. So when you hear people saying, oh, you should sleep at 68 degrees, that is just wrong. And the reason is 68 degrees could be right for a couple of minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, but not the whole night because your body temperature is changing. Um, and so what we do is we are not reinventing the wheel. We are just facilitating your body to make those temperature changes faster. At the same time, there is plenty of medical evidence that proves that you should sleep in a colder environment during deep sleep. And you tend to get more deep sleep in the first part of the night, but then you should be in a thermal neutral environment in the second part of the night when you get more REM. And the reason is while you are in REM, your brain deactivates temperature control in the body. And so if it's too hot or too cold, the brain would, let, would not let you get REM because you could die. Imagine you were in a storm. Yeah. And so being in a thermal, in a, in a neutral, thermally neutral environment will facilitate the, the switch for your brain from deep and light into REM. So there are all these tricks that have been proven and there are a yeah, bunch of medical studies uh, that already show it. There was just no one who was able to develop a technology and make it mass consumer. So why did you guys settle on the circulating water as opposed to some other form of the process, right? 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously, water is a a a, a great material, if you want to call it material, for thermal conductivity. Um, we are able to provide any temperature between 55 degrees and 110 degrees. So we can make your bed and your body really cold or really warm. Obviously, almost no one sleeps at these extremities. Um, but in the future, we are exploring other technologies that they do not require liquid, uh, but is always a, a thin balance between cost and benefit. You know, obviously, this is not a, the sort of mattress that I might get for my son, right, who's constantly changing. So it's it's a higher end product. And, uh, you know, what sort of customers are looking at, at this product, you know, and I'm assuming it's those people that want to optimize for, like you said, better recovery, maybe athletes would be more in tune with it, but I'm just making a wild guess at this point. Who's the optimal customer for this? We call them everyday athletes. And Honestly, it's really anyone who wants to feel great in the morning. It could be a mom, it could be a doctor, um, it could be you and I. Uh, they are health conscious, so they, they don't need to be educated about the fact that sleep is one of the three pillars of health. They are already going to the gym, they're already taking care of what they eat, and they want to take care of sleep, which is, again, the third pillar um, of health. Um, specifically for us right now, the, the core is between 30 and 45 years old in terms of age. Um, but again, anyone who wants to feel great in the morning, and I think there are billions of people out there uh, that need that, are uh, our audience. Well, it's interesting because I think people are, because of these wearables, becoming much more um, in tune with sleep. Like I know that if I have one extra glass of wine, yeah, it's. I know that that night is 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 over. Like deep sleep is almost going to be nothing. Um, and just because I've seen it over and over and over again, now I'm not sure why I don't learn my lesson and not have that next glass of wine. But I'm probably having too much fun with anybody that I'm with and and having that extra glass of wine. Um, but you know, looking at the digital health aspects of this. What's the vision other than just getting better sleep? There's all this data being accumulated. You're talking about adding more things as time goes on. What, what's your vision for the company? I know you said that we're going to be able to eventually detect cancer. I'm, I'm always a little skeptical of that without taking a blood sample. But how do you see the digital health aspects of this and you know, feeding into the, the more you know, medical side of the equation, if, if that's your vision? Um, uh, the, the sensors we are exploring, there is already plenty of medical evidence that we can detect cancer. So um, it, it is a matter of the sensor that you use. Again, we are not reinventing the wheel. We are bringing a lot of things that have been tested and used to mass consumer. Um, and that is what we're working on. But the digital health, uh, we call it preventative health. That is what is really the long-term vision for our company. Again, we're not a mattress company. We don't have one single foam expert. We just work with the greatest and largest foam manufacturer in the world for that. Everyone else is just into sensors and technology and machine learning. And preventative health is what really, uh, you know, what, what I think will be my legacy, uh, hopefully one day. And uh, how can we save lives? There are a couple of different things we can do first. Through your heart rate, we will be able to predict if you're getting sick. Usually your heart rate at rest changes a couple of days before you get sick. 
Second, uh, we will be able to monitor arrhythmia. Third, we will be able to monitor sleep apnea. And fourth, through some of the sensors we are exploring, we want to get into full body scanning um, and have a scan of your body every single night. This will be reflected in two things. First, obviously the scan itself to see if there is anything that, that should be disclosed. But second, even more important, we will see how you're aging, right? The beauty of our product compared to a wearable, we don't have a 60% churn in six months. Our customers, they keep using our product every single day for 10 years. And so your biometrics today are different from your biometrics in three years, and they are different from the one in six years. Based on that, we will have a trajectory of how you're aging, and we will be able to coach you to work on what needs to be adjusted. Interesting, because I was just, I had a, a very long conversation with one of the founders of a company called Humanity, which is actually doing... Uh, you know, they have an app, um, they'll connect to your wearables, but they do a quarterly blood test specifically to start to look at markers to make a determination on aging and be able to recommend something. So I always, you know, I always wonder, like, it, it's the aggregation of this data because different devices are better at different things. Like, you know, like I said, a pulse ox needs to have some level of contact with me. Um and so wondering about the integration of this, but how are you managing the more the advanced analytics on the back end? How is that, you know, uh, is that being done here? Is it being done abroad? Um, and how are you thinking about the next level analytics that you need to do to make this more predictive or pulling in historical data sets from someplace else to give you an idea of um, how to train your models? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so everything is made in the US. Everything is made by engineers that, that are here in the US. Obviously, they work on machine learning models and AI models. Um, the best way for us to train our models, um, there are two ways. One, through clinical trials, which we are doing, clinical studies, where we compare our device to medical-grade devices, and uh, um, we can elevate the accuracy of our data. And second is uh, um, yeah, large volume, uh, a large volume of data. Um, and so from, from a practical standpoint, as soon as you have the gold standard and you know your accuracy and you have a large volume of data, uh, we already have internally the capabilities to do regressions and to develop all these trends. Um, obviously like any startup, for what we want to achieve, we are still small and we will need to keep growing. So we'll need to add more engineers just to increase bandwidth, but we already develop internally the skill. Can you tell something like if somebody takes a therapy, you can see that something is happening or if they have a cup of coffee too late, can you indicate something is happening? Or like me, knowing I'm having an extra glass of wine, like something is happening and provide a feedback mechanism? Is that built into the, the we, app? We are building it. Yeah, we are building it today uh, as we speak. So it's going to happen this quarter or beginning of next quarter. Um, and it's connected to this vision of, of coaching overall, right? And so you will be able to, um, we will make you questions. Potentially in the future, certain things that could be detected on our own, or maybe there are other devices that are detecting and you have that data in Apple Health and we pull the data from Apple Health. So it, it, it could happen both ways. And based on that, we will coach you and we will be able, you will be able to know 
as a matter of fact that all the times that you have a glass of wine, your deep sleep drops 15.3% and your REM drops 12.5%. Uh, yeah, my deep sleep just falls. It doesn't drop. It just goes away. <laughs> I mean, last night last night was my wife's birthday, so we were definitely having some wine. And now last night was forget it. Yeah, so, it's to everyone. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it's funny because I don't remember. Well, maybe I didn't feel it when I was younger, but I feel it now uh, for some reason. It, it's much more pronounced. Um, so. I come from the world of clinical trials and clinical studies, but you know, do you plan on publishing? Like, I actually think your bed has been used in trials, if I remember reading correctly. There was one univer University of Pennsylvania, I thought it was, that was using the bed for a trial. Not so. We did a couple of things. There are three studies where um, from that range from two top universities or hospitals here in the US. And then we gave our devices to a bunch of different labs or universities yep. or, or hospitals. And so they use that and they compare us even to other wearables. Yep. Um, but yeah, we want to double down in general on clinical trials because um, becoming extremely accurate is important for us, is important for our users if we want to achieve this long-term vision that I was sharing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I was also, I was, I interviewed um, Christine Lemke from Evidation Health, right? So it's, you know, real world evidence and wearables and so forth. And some of the things that we find is like, it's the long-term data as opposed to that single moment of accuracy that really gives you a better vision of what's happening with that patient. It's interesting when you're gathering, you know, such a volume of data and then being able to do the analytics on it that you can see certain things happening. As you said, somebody getting sick four or five days before they actually realize that they're getting sick. Does, does the bed actually do temperature uh, measurements? We can infer it. Um, but yeah, we don't measure specifically your body temperature for now. Okay. I think there's a wearable that's going to have, that's going to go with this at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, there are different ways. Again, I think where we can leverage our superpower, our superpower is the space. And so yeah. we can use sensors that can track your body, in, uh, body temperature in a couple of different ways with, with high accuracy. Well. This sounds wonderful. This sounds like I should. It was funny because I said to my to my wife, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be talking to Matteo. We're going to be talking about this system and maybe it can help me sleep better. I, we should think about getting. And she said, I love my mattress. <laughs> so I may have to wait for this to get old first. But now we sell also the cover only, not only the mattress. So you can retrofit your mattress and install the technology on any mattress. Um, we launched it a few months ago. And is actually becoming a pretty strong part of our revenue. And so, because what we notice is obviously there is a, a, a big piece of our customers, they just want the whole mattress, the, the best in class, and they buy. But there are others that maybe they cannot convince the partner, or maybe they just bought a recently bed and they don't want to change it, but they still want our technology. And so we created a cover that can retrofit any bed uh, with our same technology and so it will track everything about your health plus it will dynamically adjust the temperature interesting because when i was looking at the photos there looked like there was a unit with water in it for the uh, thing 
Does this cover that goes on it also have a water reservoir? Yeah, we call it the hub, which sits yeah. next to the bed. And then there is the cover that goes over the bed. Ah, okay. Interesting. Well, that may be something I have to convince her of. 50% of couples, they fight around temperature um, because they have different temperature preferences. And the reason is temperature, again, is very personal. It changes every night and is different based on age, gender, metabolism, what you ate or what you drank. Um, and so every night is different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think if it was up to my wife, she'd sleep with the windows open, but that's not me. Well, this was great. I, I can only wish you, you know, the best of luck. And hopefully these technologies will help people like me sleep better and be healthier because uh, we want to live a long and healthy life. Was there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that you wanted to talk about regarding the technology? No, I think we covered everything. Just check it out on 8sleep.com. 8 like the number, just in letter, E-I-G-H sleep.com and um, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter so if you have any question you can follow me there and and uh, and I'll be responsible okay excellent thank you grazie grazie thank you so much that's it for this week's show we've made more than 50 episodes of moneyball medicine and you can find them all at my website glorikian.com under the tab podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at hglorikian. If you like the show, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and we'll be back soon with our next interview.